This morning, I want to pick up on there's something that we feel like I feel like God's wanting to do with us in this season right now, and and I really feel like um, it's a it's a season of encountering His presence. It's just a little it's a time of us becoming either acquainted with or reacquainted with the presence of God. And so I've I've been I keep finding myself drawn to the uh, that the the account of when Jesus takes the three disciples up to, to the Mount of Transfiguration. Um, we don't know, really know where that mountain is. It's, it's not really given us. It's not. There's no clear indication of exactly what mountain they were on. They can kind of make um, they can make assumptions or or speculation, but we don't actually know where it is. But there's something that takes place. And we'll read the scripture in, in just now. But there's something that takes place um, with those three disciples that they see with Jesus. And it's almost like when uh, I remember when my kids were little and some of you have small children and they get to that, that, uh, that age, you know, probably around, you know, two, three, four, probably around three or four years old where they, they kind of learn a new skill. And they say, remember this phrase, hey, look what I can do. Is there any, can you remember your kids doing that? Look what I can do. You know, like I can tie my shoe or I can jump off this, this low, you know, they're jumping off, you know, it feels like a skyscraper, but it's about this high off and they jump off and they, look what I can do. Or they jump into the pool or that thing. And this account of the, the Mount of Transfiguration is almost like, it's almost like, it's almost like Jesus saying, hey, look what I can do. Like he's been concealing his glory it's not, that, it's, not that, it's not that he is able to show his glory, but it's, it's actually that it's actually he's been holding his glory back, and now he's going to show these disciples his glory. And I think the beauty of that picture is that I really believe that that's what God wants to do with all of us. Is he wants to remove the veil, so to speak, and let us see who He really is. Because until we see who God really is, who Jesus really is, it's kind of all just academic, isn't it? It's all just kind of hearing stories. But there's something about the moment when we see God's glory that changes everything. There's something about the moment when we encounter the glory of God. And we see it throughout Scripture over and over again. Different accounts of guys, of men who came in contact with the glory of God and everything was changed. We see it in the account and this morning. I was reading in my, my uh, quiet time, my normal kind of devotion, you know, I was reading through Scripture, and, and, and let me encourage you, if you don't have a normal routine of reading through Scripture, I, I, I probably have mentioned before, I generally will read through the Bible yearly, and so like I'm in my, I'm in my, my routine of reading through the Bible right now, and in my normal routine, having already prepared my message, having already prepared my, what I was going to share with you this morning, I, 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 uh, I remember a, a, a woman who had a great influence in my life. She, she was preaching a message once, and her husband was 
in the hospital. And he was on his deathbed. He needed a liver transplant, and they weren't sure he was going to make it. And she'd, she'd you know, held vigil, vigil by his deathbed repeatedly, you know, day after day. And the doctor said, hey, you need to go home and get some rest. So she said she went home, not knowing if her husband was going to live or die. And she used a phrase that actually um, had massive impact in my life. She said, I went home. Now get this. Her husband's, she doesn't know if her husband's going to live or die. She said, I went home. And I opened my Bible to where I'd left off the day before. And she began to read a scripture that said, and he'll give them back their husbands from the dead. There's something, super, there's something very powerful about us practicing daily disciplines. Giving God an opportunity day after day after day to speak to us through his word. So this morning, as I'm, as I'm in my quiet time, as I'm preparing, as I'm just, I'm just spending time in the Word with God, it wasn't preparing because I'd already prepared. I read the account of when Paul, who had been persecuting the church in Acts chapter 6, I think it is, he'd been, perse- he'd been persecuting the church, and he was on the road to Damascus, and he encounters the presence of God. It says, it said, a great light shone on him, and he heard a voice, and he encountered the presence of God, and he went from being Paul, the persecutor of the church, to Paul, the great apostle. There's something that happens when we encounter the presence of God. And I would, I would, I would, uh, I would um, encourage you this morning. That if you, like when I was so encouraged by uh, Arnie coming up and talking about us having testimonies, because that's actually in part of my preach this morning, it's actually one of my points, is the power of testimony. But I would encourage you this morning, if you don't have a, a testimony of an encounter, at least once, but hopefully a lifestyle of, of, of encounter. That this morning you stir up your own heart. You stir up your faith. You raise your level of expectation that God wants to reveal Himself to you. He wants to reveal His glory to you. He wants to show Himself to you in a way that is absolutely life-changing, life-altering, real. He wants to give you a testimony. So let's turn to that Scripture you know, God has a, he has a, it's, it's, he has a track record of spending time with his people, of walking with his people, of showing himself to his people. Right in the very beginning in the Garden of Eden in Genesis, it talks about how he was walking in the garden with them. Oh yeah, it's up there. Actually, I'm not going to spend time on that. I want to skip down now to go to Luke chapter 9. And I want us to look at the... Um, the, the, the account of the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus takes his disciples away and he, begin, and he reveals his glory to them. So it says uh, in verse 28, it says, Now about eight days after these sayings, he took with him Peter, James, and John and, they, and went up on the mountain to pray. So 
when, when he says, the, uh, after, after these, um, eight days after these sayings, the sayings he's talking about is Jesus had just been, contextually, Jesus had just been telling his disciples about how he was going to be crucified and he was going to be resurrected. And the disciples were not happy about that. It was not good news to them. So it's, it's in that context that he takes his disciples away for a time of prayer on the mountain. It says, I'm sorry, if you notice me putting my hand in my pocket, it's just because my hand's cold. Um, it's cold. I'm not cold, but my hand's cold. And it says, and as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered. And his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure. So now all of a sudden, Jesus had been speaking about his departure. Now they're up on this mountain and Jesus becomes transfigured. He becomes transformed. He, becomes, he, he actually begins to, he like, he like, again, he peels back the, the veil and he lets them see his glory. And Moses and Elijah are there and they're talking about the very thing that Jesus had talked about. and spoke of his departure, which was about to be about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now, Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep. But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And as the men were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. (laughs) Kind of a kind of it's kind of a he's the. uh, the, the uh, king of the, uh, stating the obvious. It's good that we're here. It's good that we get to see your glory. It's good that we're like experiencing this. It's like the obvious. It's good that we're here. Let us make three tents. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Not knowing what he said. And as he was saying these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them. And they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent and told no one in those days anything of what they had seen. Here the disciples have walked with Jesus for three years. They've seen him do miraculous things for that time. And now Jesus actually lets them see his glory. They'd seen him walk on water. They'd seen him heal the sick. They'd seen him raise the dead. And yet, Peter still didn't get it. Peter kind of, he, he like, Peter is a challenge for me to understand. They'd seen Jesus do all the miraculous things. They knew, even Peter even knew he was the son of God. And then Jesus says, hey, I'm going to go and be crucified. And, and, and Peter says, No. He rebukes Jesus. Why did, they, why did Jesus take him onto that mountain of transfiguration? Why did he want to show him the, the, his glory? Why does he want to show you his glory? Why does he want you to have that moment where you actually say, Oh yeah, he's real. Why does he have, want you to have that moment where you hear his voice speaking? And you say, Oh yeah, he's real. Why isn't it enough for us to just read about him? 
Why isn't it enough for us to hear other people's accounts of their relationship with God? Jesus wants us to see his glory. And again, I was so excited when Arnie came up and talked about testimony because um, there's something powerful about having our own testimony. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, it says, and they, con- and they conquered him, who's him? Satan. They conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death. When we look at the, this account on the Mount of Transfiguration, it was almost like Jesus said, okay, I'm going to give you a testimony. You know, and when we are going into difficult situations where our faith is tested, where we are, are, are where we're challenged and we come against and the enemy's coming against us, our, one of our weapons is our testimony. I remember I'll tell you a, a funny little story of, of ours. As we were planning to come here and to move here, and it's a massive undertaking, and I've talked about it before, and, uh, we're, we're, and over this over like a three-year period, it was just one story after another of God confirming, confirming, confirming this move that we're making. But one of my favorite ones is one of the, the silliest ones. And it involves my daughter Carly. So Carly and I were in the kitchen. Our whole family was in the kitchen. And Carly said, hey, Dad, take out your iPhone and go to your iTunes and push the shuffle button. And there's like, the, the, and it'll tell you about the next year of your life. And this is right before we're getting ready to come. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm game. I'll do it. So and I probably have, I don't know how many songs I have on my phone, but I probably have at least, at least a thousand songs on my phone. And I, so I take it out. I open up the, my iTunes and I go to songs and I push the shuffle button. And here, you know, uh, with, a, with about a thousand songs on my phone, you're not going to believe what song came up. But it was a song by Paul Simon, and the name of the song is Under African Skies. I am not joking. I searched every song, artist, album on my, I, I'm on my, on my shuffle, and that's the only song that had the word Africa in it. And so, so the next day, I'm at church at a church, and I'm, I've got a pastor friend, and I'm telling him this crazy, silly story. And he said, you know why that happened, don't you? I said, no, I don't. Enlighten me. He said, because you're going to get there, and you're going to need a testimony. You're going to need that confirmation that you got. So you can go back. So when when the when it gets difficult, when it gets t- when it gets tough, when you're under challenge and you're like thinking, "What am I doing here?" And trust me, I've had the "What are you doing here?" moment. It, it happened really quick. We were out in Wellington, in a little cottage, with our dog, and not much else. And I asked myself, "What am I doing here?" We just felt like, I've told you the story, we felt like when you take a dog and you kind of take him out for a ride in the country. That's what it felt like. And it's those moments where you go back to that silly little story, that little confirmation, and say, well, 
But God did that. And that's just a silly one. I could sit here and, and, and talk for a long time about the significant ones. So here Jesus is taking his disciples. He's taking these three guys away because he knows what's coming for them. He knows what they're going to face. He knows about the persecution. He knows about martyrdom. He knows about the opposition. He knows that they're going to be targeted by the enemy. And he says, I'm going to give you a testimony. I'm going to show you my glory because you're going to need it. And this morning, I want to encourage slash challenge you to get a testimony. If you turn to uh, 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 16... It says, for we did not know, we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from the Father, from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son with whom I'm well pleased. Peter is referring back to the Mount of Transfiguration. He's referring back to that moment when he got to see Jesus' glory. He says, we didn't come testifying about myths. We saw His glory. When we talk about Jesus' glory, when we tell you about who Jesus is, we're telling you what we saw with our own eyes. What we heard with our own ears. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven. For we were with Him on the holy mountain. That word majesty, we saw His majesty, we saw His greatness, we saw His magnificence. That same Jesus who revealed Himself to those disciples is the same Jesus who wants to reveal Himself to you. He's the, that same glory He showed them is the same glory He wants to show you. And I want, to, I want to stir us up to have an expectation that when we, that when we, we come before Him, when we, when we take time out to pray, when we take time out in our quiet time, we're going to see His glory. We're going to hear His voice. We're going to experience the reality of, of a living Savior. Of not a theory, but of a living Savior. See, Jesus wants to manifest His glory to us. He wants, God wants to manifest His glory among us. And there's something of that, that, that desire within us, that drive within us to get next to Him that begins to loosen up the glory of God. It's interesting that it says in verse 29, back in Luke 9, it says about Jesus, and it says, as he was praying, as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered. The manifestation of the glory of God came as Jesus was what? He was praying. He was in intimacy with God. He was up close to Him. He wasn't afar off. He wasn't, you know, it didn't say as He was, uh, you know, tying His shoes or doing His taxes or going for, you know, or, uh, or, you know, 
walking the dog. It says, as he was praying, as he was pushing into the presence of God, it was almost like he couldn't contain his glory anymore. As he got close to his father, he couldn't contain his glory, and he was manifested. We see something similar with Moses. In uh, Exodus chapter 34, Moses had been up with God. We know the story. He was up there. He was, uh, God was, was um, giving him the Ten Commandments. And it says, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, and as, as he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face shone. And they were afraid to come near him. You skip down to verse 34. It says, whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would remove the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the people of Israel what, was, what he was commanded, the people of Israel would see the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses was shining. And Moses would put the veil over his face until he went in to speak with him. There's something about getting into God's presence. There's something about getting close to him. See, Moses is the guy that, you know, God says to, when Aaron and Miriam come to, to, to him and say, hey, don't we hear God too? And they challenge Moses' authority. They challenge Moses' position. And God comes and says, hey, are you crazy? Haven't you, don't, haven't you, don't you realize, like, I actually speak to Moses face to face. There's something about when we get close to God that His that is glory is made manifest among us. How many of us are like, I want the glory of God? Man, I don't want church. I don't want church to be business as usual. Hey, I'm going I'm to be really, uh, I'm going to be honest with you guys. If you're just coming here to hear me preach, or me teach, I can tell you, you could probably find stuff that's a lot better than this on the internet. I mean, I, I'm confident that I can, you know, if, if I had a choice to listen to me, or some of the guys preaching on the internet, I think there's a lot better preaching going on somewhere else. So I'm not here on a Sunday morning, even those guys who are really, really great among us, I'm not here just to hear preaching. I want the manifestation of His glory. I want every single one of us to walk out of here on a Sunday morning with one word on our lips. Wow. I want us to walk out saying, wow, look what the Lord has done. Wow. We met with God this morning. Wow, we heard God's voice this morning. Wow, we saw a manifestation of His glory in someone getting healed, someone getting saved, someone getting set free. Wow. If you just walk out saying, man, that was a good preach, I feel like we've, we've, missed, we've missed it. It's not about us. The Bible says that our preaching is like, it's like, it's like foolishness. 
We want the manifestation of His glory. We need to, among us, have a higher level of expectation. We want the manifestation of His glory. As I began to, as I continued to look at um, the Mount of Transfiguration, there's a few kind of oddities there that, I, that again, I'm, I'm trying to, that I, like, I want to try and figure out. Like, why are all of a sudden are Moses and Elijah there? And so you, you kind of do some studying, and you look around, and you think, you, you know, you kind of make, draw some conclusions. Moses represented the fulfillment of the law. God had revealed himself to Moses. God had brought his law through Moses. God had, had um, a, uh, he had used Moses to put a structure in place, a method through which we interact with God. And Elijah represented the prophetic, the prophetic voice. So with Moses and Elijah, it was, it was as if God was saying, hey, listen, I'm fulfilling the old covenant in the new. Interesting fact also is that Moses and Elijah were two men that were never buried by men. God called Moses away. He called them separately, and he said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you're going to die, and I'm going to bury you. They never found Moses' body. No one knows where he was buried. Elijah was carried off in a chariot of fire. <clears throat> See, why is it important to know why the, the, with Moses and Elijah? Because God is a God of completion and fulfillment. He was fulfilling what he had started in the Old Testament with revealing his glory in Jesus. God's a God who finishes what he started. In... Um, Philippians 1.16, we, we all know this, 1.6, we all know this verse, and he says, I'm sure of this, of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It's important for us to know that God is at work in each and every one of us. It's important for us to know that when we begin to talk about the presence of God, the manifestation of God, an encounter with God, that God is working within us. And some of you may feel like, hey, this isn't for me because man, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not good enough. Or I'm not mature enough. Or I haven't, you know, I'm not disciplined or diligent. I'm not, I don't work hard enough. And this morning, I really believe God wants you to know that He wants to reveal his glory to each and every one of us. That even though you feel incomplete, God is still working in you. He's still bringing you through. And again, we, we want to bring ourselves to that place where it's like, God, do what you're going to do in me. Reveal your glory to me. Going back to verse 32. It says, Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep. But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. I'm sorry to say that there are too many of us that are heavy with sleep. There are too many of us like those three disciples 
when this monumentous moment in history was taking place, were heavy with sleep. Too many, too much of the church right now is just sleepwalking through, through life. When we are, supposed, we are supposed to be those who carry the glory of God. Who carry the presence of Jesus. Who carry the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Who God has infilled with His Spirit and gifted with His Spirit to carry it into the highways and the byways. To carry it into the marketplace, the neighborhood, the school. Too many of us are heavy with sleep when God wants to show us His glory so He can show His glory through us. Interesting that when Moses saw the glory of God, and it says that God actually let him see, get a glimpse of His glory. When Moses saw the glory of God, his face shone. His face changed. It's in Exodus 33. It says, Moses said, please show me your glory. And God said, He said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my, you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face. Uh, for men shall not see my face and live. And so that's when God takes him and he puts him in the cleft of a rock and he, he covers him and he lets him just see a glimpse of his glory. And his countenance changed. How many of you could imagine what that moment must have been like? What it must have been like for Moses to actually experience the glory of God? How many of us can say we have that glow that you get from being in God's presence? Has anyone ever had someone say to you, hey, I can just tell there's just something different about you? It's okay, you can raise your hands. Has anyone ever said that to you? I said probably a lot of you have. But maybe not enough of us. And maybe not often enough. See, we're called to be the people that carry the presence of God. See, Jesus showed His disciples His glory. He showed them the manifestation of His glory. And it wasn't just so they could say, hey, oh, I saw the glory of God. Because He wanted them to carry the testimony and that reflection of the glory of God. And that's what these men went on to do. I want to see His glory. Do you want to see His glory? Do you believe that God wants to show you His glory? You know, like Uncle Will would say, why not? Why not? Why, why not you? Why not me? Why not us? Michael, can we get the worship team to come back up? Why not us? Why can't we be the congregation of people who people begin to talk about because... We're carrying the presence of God. Why can't we be the youth group that the high schools begin to talk about and they begin to say something is happening there? Those kids are different. Where principals of schools begin to say, we want our kids to go to your youth group because you guys are different. There's something different in your countenance because you've been encountering the presence of God.
where your, where your employer begins to ask you, how do I get, how do I, can I go to your church? Because you're different than all my other employees. There's something different about you. There's something different about your countenance, about the way you carry yourself. Where your family members, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your son, your daughter, begin to say, what, what happened? Mom, you're different. Dad, you're different. Son, you're different. What happened? Where your neighbors begin to say, well, man, there's something different about you. Help, you know, I, I need that. I want that. Why can't we be those kind of people? Why can't we be that kind of congregation? And I say, we can. And I say, why not? And I say, we need to be a people who say, like those three disciples. You know, why were those three disciples the ones that Jesus showed his glory to? Why those three? There was a lot of people following him. Those were the three that were like, man, Jesus, wherever you go, whatever you do. Peter said, when he saw the glory of God, he said, let's make, let's make three tents here and just stay here. Why would he say that? I mean, assuming he had, he had uh, obligations, he had family members, he had other things. There was the rest of the world. There were other, you know, he wasn't thinking about eating, drinking, sleeping. He wasn't drinking. He, wasn't, he was like, let's just stay here in the glory, in the presence of God. I think Jesus showed himself to those three guys because those three guys were like, hey, we are all in. We will give it all up. We want to follow you all the way. Jesus, Jesus, reveal yourself to me. And I think if we could be a people that are hungry and thirsty after him in that way, who say instead of on a Sunday morning, instead of sleeping late, Instead of walking on the beach, catching a surf, man, I want to be in the presence of God. Early in the morning, I want to be in the presence of God. Middle of the day, I want to be in the presence of God. There's just a hunger and a thirst after us. And I believe God will reveal His glory to us in magnificent ways. And I think He wants to do it. I think He does. And we're going we're to spend some time in worship now. And I really feel, I really believe that there's time, there are times when we, we respond in a corporate way. But there are times when we respond to our Father. We, we respond to Jesus. And just as we worship, I'm going to ask you that, that, that you take this time this morning and you respond to God. I think the question's been asked this morning. Do you want to see his glory? I think that's the question. And, and I think, you know, we all would say, oh, the obvious answer is yes, but I think God wants you to answer to him. I think he's asking you this morning, do you want to see my glory? Do you want more of me? And I think you've got you to gotta answer that with him. Saying yes to me, isn't gonna, I don't think it's going to change much. But saying yes to him will change everything.